Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Here are some things that I can do in 15 minutes. Take a shower. Do a Joe Wicks workout. Think about a new Facebook status. Write the status. And then delete the status again because it makes me seem weird. Make a nice omelette, probably with cheese and onion, maybe some pancetta. Send a few emails. Trim my beard. Get into an argument on Twitter. Or have a conversation with my mate Flav about random subjects, often of your choosing. 15 Minutes, open brackets, with Flav and Wendy, close brackets. A new podcast where we chat for 15 minutes, and then when the time is up, we stop. A good use of our time, and a good use of your time. Subscribe now on all of your usual podcast platforms. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's episode nine, uh, sorry, no, it ain't. It's episode 53, season nine of the Fighting Got Podcast. Today I'm joined on the line by Dan Lowe. How you doing, mate? All right. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm really good. I'm really, really good. And Tim Greig, how you doing? Good to hear from mate. Been a long time. It has been a long time. Like you guys were on way back, like, like I would say six, seven years ago, talking about having a football match in the middle of a jungle, if I remember rightly. Dan, I think you mentioned that. <laughs> yeah, that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do actually. Yeah, that was in uh, that was in somewhere in in East Africa. Uh, but I think we've all grown as individuals since then. Yeah, who, uh, who would who would have thought we'd have been to Champions League finals since then as well? I don't want to talk about that. I don't. I, don't, I, I find it really difficult talking about anything good that's happened to Spurs over the last five years. I'm in a in a position now where where um 
it's uh, it's not going so well and I find it really difficult to remember in the good times. It's like a, a relationship with a wonderful woman and you're, you're reaching the end of that, that wonderful relationship where you start to grate <laughs> on each other. That's, that's kind of what it feels like. And, and if you're in that situation, you don't want to... You don't want to look back at the times where you was having unbelievable sex. You just want to... Where, where even the way that she chews annoys you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can't, I can't deal with this. Exactly that kind of thing. Uh, we've got <laughs> Felonius coming on the podcast as well. Before we talk about Tottenham as uh, as the football club that we all know and, and tolerate, uh, before that, we, we need to talk about Hey Gorgeous, guys, because you started a new podcast in the last couple of weeks, haven't you, Tim? Tell us a yeah. bit, bit about why, what, what, what the podcast is about. Yeah, it all came about. Um, obviously, been going through lockdown and everyone's got a bit of time on their hands. And um, Dan got in touch to say he's been looking at a few uh, season reviews of when we were properly shit. <laughs> and, and, you was, and you were saying about like going out with a gorgeous girl and remembering all the good times and the good sex. Well, this is taking you right back to your virgin days. <laughs> <laughs> it did. <laughs> Dan, what 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 was the the idea behind um, the podcast? Because I I do remember the times where Spurs were shit, but it's almost like you've you've come to the realization that Tottenham aren't what they used to be. Is that fair? Is that the crux of the podcast, or is there something? Well, I, did, I was thinking a lot. I was thinking a lot this season where we we're just watching games. We we're just getting humiliated, and we couldn't win. We can't pass. Like there's a level of ineptitude that's come back into supporting Tottenham where you just think like. Like some of these geezers can't play football at all. Like they're as they're as bad as players that we've ever seen. I mean, I've seen I've seen uh, you know I've seen Larice do some things this season that's as bad as anything Ian Walker ever did. Um, and I, <laughs> I I sort of thought like this this season reminds me a little bit a little bit of the Christian Gross season. Uh, it reminded me a little bit of the kind of you know all the management changes, the players coming in and not really kind of working out and so on. And uh, and I thought I really feel like watching the 97, 98 season review because I always used to collect the season reviews, get them all on DVD or get them on video because that's how old I am. Mm. And uh, I used to love watching them. And I, I, I like to go back every now and again and just just look at, you know, really old games that you sort of think went one way and then kind of it turns out they went another and uh, yeah, I, when every when it looked like the whole world was going to die when the pandemic started, I watched Tottenham's kind of worst season uh, <laughs> season review. I felt a lot better. Yeah, I, I can imagine. I, I my uh, lasting memories of the early nineties watching Spurs was uh, Tottenham versus Ipswich on uh, it must have been a Wednesday or a Tuesday night, pissing down the rain, and uh, Ian Marshall scoring a brace to to see Ipswich through to a three one win against, <laughs> against Tottenham and another one was Dean Saunders absolutely ripping us apart for Liverpool um what, what so, so so Tim what like what what are your lasting memories of the 90s watching watching Tottenham like what through through doing this po- new podcast with Dan what what, what are your lasting memories like do, do you do, did you enjoy that time or was it was it I think I think bizarrely I did kind of enjoy that time it was like there was a there was a rawness about going to football in those days and you didn't really know what to expect apart from, you know, if you went to an away game, you wouldn't be expecting three points. But it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was good fun, really. It was, it, there would always be one or two decent Spurs players. And we're talking, you know, starting of the uh, start of the 90s, Gazers, your Waddles, and then going on uh, mid-90s, Klinsman, and then Ginola. Um, but then, but then there'd be a load of shite as well. And well was, tell, tell us, tell us some of your, the, the shittiest players you remember. Well, we, the first episode we did was 97, 98 season. And um, we're talking the likes of uh, Calderwood, Vega, John Scales. And that's just the, that's just the centre-backs. It was, it was, it was I, I, I remember, I remember uh, John Scales signing. I think he cost £6 million. Pounds. I, might be, I might be wrong. I'll be signing from Liverpool, right? Yeah. And um, I remember thinking he must be good because he's got a degree. I remember, I remember the, the stories around him at the times. He was an intelligent footballer. He's, he's got a degree, so he must be, he must have more about him than um, than, than your average centre back. But perhaps that isn't the case. Dan, what 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 about you? What 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 made you? Was that period between you know, say nineties, the the FA Cup win to the Wolverton Cup win in ninety nine? Were, were those halcyon days for you, or or you know, do no. you? 
I'm too I'm too old really because that was that was a period where just this is the last 97 98 is the last uh, year before I went to university so I then miss about sort of the next 3 years or so I didn't I wasn't going um George Graham's first season because I was I was at university in another part of the country so actually um you know my sort of real the the days that I I probably think back as being my happiest as a Spurs fan and I think actually really the last couple of years have been the happiest as a Spurs fan although I might add I have always been happy as a Spurs fan even when we've been rubbish I've always you know loved it but none of that's never changed I think and and I think you know this definitely is is an exercise in sort of like you know you can go back and look at the times you thought were really crap and you know we as sort of men of a certain age are capable of getting nostalgic about anything now I think. I mean, I think, well, me and the missus were talking about this the other day and she goes, do you think you'll ever be like, do you think you'll ever be nostalgic for lockdown? <laughs> and, I, and I was like, no, of course not. And she goes, oh, I will. I've enjoyed myself. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, talking it, about it, hundreds of thousands of people are dead. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's been a nice break in it. It's been a nice break from, yeah. from, from um, the, the, the pressures of just existing and, and, and working. Yeah, and, and it, yeah, and it's created a few other pressures as well. But um, but yeah, I, I think probably my favourite time as a sort of as a Spurs fan, or my first favourite time as a Spurs fan, is that sort of eighty nine ninety Lineker Gaza season, then going on to winning the FA Cup, and then nearly getting relegated under Shreves, and then kind of you know, then Sheringham joining. And I just think that that sort of run of years where we were terrible when I, I first started going in eighty seven eighty eight, so ten years before this um, this podcast first step that we started. And then we we were really terrible to begin with under Venables, and then we got really good really quickly. And I think that's when I first started going home and away. I was just a kid, but that was when I first really sort of began to understand the mentality and what sort of sort of a club had chosen me. I think. Yeah, I I I, I agree. I, I kind of the it, it, back then when when football wasn't, you know, the pressures of football wasn't as escalated as they are right now, and certainly given Sky Sports's influence on on the game. Where if you're finishing in the top four or top six, no top four, then unless you finish in the top four, you're nothing. And um, uh, yeah, I think they did a, a lot of damage to the game because back when I really started to, you know, appreciate what the football club that I, I belonged to um, it was around '91, '92, probably. I, I kind of have vague memories of Waddle. And and Gaza, I remember Gaza playing, and I remember singing "Don't Go Gascoigne" uh, in the, in '92. But really, like formulating and understanding what Tottenham was about happened in in the early '90s, and and it didn't seem to matter as much. And maybe it was because I was a child that that we weren't great. It just it, it, it there was a lot of pressure and a lot of expectation. But I, I just enjoyed I just enjoyed belonging to something bigger than myself and it didn't really matter the pressure wasn't there Spurs historically were a, a massive club but the 90s were probably among the lowest points that we there were elements of the 70s as well but the, the early 90s were maybe a, a, amongst our, our lowest points as as, a, as fans in terms of what we, what we got to witness but it wasn't it weren't the be all and end all back then so, so, I don't think that. I actually don't think that. I don't. I think when we people kind of often go nowadays, they go, "Oh, well, you weren't around in the '90s when we were really crap." I mean, you look when we were really crap. Like in terms of when all, all the whole team was crap and it was badly managed. It's the beginning of the 2000s before Joel took over, and actually when Hoddle's manager, that team is absolute dog shit, and it's dog shit for a couple of years on on the trot. And I think, and I think that that's the worst Tottenham team of of our lifetime. I think that you know the team in the nineties is just mediocre, and then nearly gets relegated, and then wins a cup. It isn't, you know, and throughout the nineties we're not that bad, and actually we've got some, we have got some decent players. We're just sort of faltering and badly run as a club. But in terms of a crap team, you talk about a really crap team. That's the beginning of the two thousands. Yeah, I think you may be right. I think maybe the the fact that that um, we had that League Cup final against Blackburn but the, the the yeah the side was really bad then and and I, I think maybe people forgive it for the fact that Yol came in or Santini and then and then Martin Yol came in and, and things started to change they see the 2000s as a point where football at Tottenham began be, be, began to become something that that, that was um, that was modern and successful 
and you know if you go from well, when did Martin Yole come in? It was like 2005. 2004, yeah. yeah, 2005 he takes over. Well, uh, two, he starts takes over sort of halfway through 2004-05. Tim, do you agree that, that that was the point where things started to change and we, just, we, we, we the, the, the future became a little bit brighter? Definitely that Martin Yole, that first full Martin Yole season, in fact, that's one of the ones that Dan and I have recently just watched, but there was like a freshness about that team. There was a lot of young players, there was a lot of... Um, uh, without trying to sound xenophobic, young English players. That was the philosophy, wasn't it? So they brought in the likes of Lennon and Defoe was around, Huddleston, um, Jenis, uh, Paul Robinson in goal. Carrot came a bit later. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I think so. That's when it's, the things definitely changed, I think. And it was uh, going to White Hart Lane in those days, it was just it was just so exciting. And, you know, for the moment, you sort of like, you had a few drinks at the pub beforehand, you got into the ground... And you know there was there was uh, you just wanted to get in the ga- in the ground, uh, watch the game. You know Lennon running down the wing, Bell when he came in as well, and that you know everyone getting to their feet and that sound of all the seats clapping as they sort of like stood up. Yeah, is that nostalgia or does that not exist anymore? Um, it's it's hard to say, but when you do see like games with the old White Hart Lane, it definitely seems different and. Apart from maybe um, the first couple of games at the new stadium, and I love the new stadium, haven't really had that kind of level of excitement. I don't think. No, I, I miss the old place as well, and, and I, I, I kind of saw it as a, a step in the right direction when we raised it to the ground and, and built a new one. And, and at, do you know, weirdly, that the last game of the season in the old ground when we played Man United, when everyone was running the pitch, I had a, a, a weird. Um, I don't know how you describe it. I just felt it was just a ex- shit. You had, you, had, you had a weird shit. <laughs> I, was, I felt ex- existential. I, 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 had, yeah. I had a moment where I, I felt nothing at all and people were crying around me and I just, I wanted to feel what everyone else had felt, but I just felt maybe it was the fact that I realised it was over and it was done and dusted. And actually, it, like as we're talking about kind of these old football, uh, old Tottenham teams, in 2008, which wasn't, you know, far after Yole's, uh, you know, um, employment at the club. And one day Ramos had just come in and we'd played Arsenal and beat them 5-1 at, at White Lane 2008 in the League Cup semi-final. That, for me, was the, the, the zenith. That was the, that was the top. That was the, the best I've ever felt about Tottenham. Uh, and that includes um, Lucas Moura uh, against Ajax. It was that moment when we'd waited so long to beat Arsenal and to do it in such deci- such a decisive manner and to destroy them in that way when their team was superior to ours, it w- that, that was the moment I could, I, I've never been able to recapture. Have you found through, through talking about the podcast, I know you've done one episode, only one episode out so far, right? Yeah, but we, we've done a we've done a second one, which uh, would be out. But there's a few technical issues. But the uh, <laughs> with it, we're not we're not very good at this recording podcast, Lark. Um, but, but have you, but have you, the, have you the, found that that? Sorry, my my question is: Have you found that as you looking looking back that that perhaps that you you've you you've been able to pinpoint the moment where you've never been able to eclipse? No, that's never happened. I mean, particularly because last season, I think you know the I think last season. Um, you know, there, there were there were higher heights that we climbed to than I ever thought I'd see, and I felt things last season that, you know, I I I sort of think I'll never feel again, but I, I probably will. I think I think Tottenham's never peaked for me. It's never, it's never going to. I mean, I think we we were talking about this since I was last on the pod. I've had a tattoo, uh, the tacky Spurs tattoo. You've got to get if you're a Tottenham fan nowadays. Is it on your and, uh, is your lower thigh on on uh, sorry lower sort on the uh, calf on the side? No, I should. It should have been, but my calves are too hairy, though. Like, where so I, I, I had to go in one of the few places where it doesn't. The hair doesn't really grow. It's on my right arm. It's on my <laughs> right sort of. Okay. Biceps probably too strong a word, but that was an attempt <laughs> to. Uh, I figured that I was forty, and I wanted. Um, I wanted to sort of like encapsulate the minute, the happiest minute of my entire life, and I'd always known that that was the Gascoigne free kick at four minutes past twelve on the fourteenth of April, nineteen ninety-one. So I wanted to get the old Tottenham clock set to 12.04 because nice. for some reason that game kicked off at, at 12 o'clock and so I did I got that done and I really love it but then I got it booked in and I had to wait seven months it takes a long time to get a tattoo nowadays apparently <laughs> and this was I booked this in last April I think it was and then since then 
the Man City uh, Champions League game has happened and the Ajax game has happened. And both of those games completely, those moments, those minutes, completely blew the Gaza free kick out of the war. Definitely. Wow. They don't compare. And I think, and, and I just think something else will happen at some point that will blow them out of the water as well. Fair enough. Before, before we bring uh, T in, because he's on, he's on the call right now, um, but uh, to just explain so for people that don't know, is like, what, what's your podcast about and how do people find it? Uh, well, um, Tim can do how they find it, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but the, the podcast is called, well, we might change it actually, but it's, co- it's currently called When We Were Shit uh, or We Were There When We Were Shit. And it's every um, so each episode is one season in the life of Tottenham Hotspur. We watch the season review, some of the worst season reviews going, and with a bit of music from the time, a little bit of commentary from the time, we discuss in real detail exactly what happened. We take you through every single game that happened that season, and we run through the squad and basically sort of debate whether each individual player was good or shit. But it's basically a nostalgic podcast for times that weren't really happy. Fair, fair enough. T, uh, unmute yourself, mate. What's up? There he is. What right, T? All right. All right, lads. All right, lads. So T, Tim, and Dan, uh, they often go. Well, he, we did perhaps uh, a few years ago. Go go abroad together. You know each other quite well, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, T, what's your uh, what, what's your kind of zenith moment? What's the, what's the moment where you, where you you look back perhaps in the 90s 2000s or wherever it might be look back and think yeah that's that's that is it that's the one that's that's that that moment probably won't will never be topped the thing that's really awful about this is um most football fans say you know when i saw our captain lift a trophy but me it's like a fucking winning goal or you know um i think the final game at the old stadium was one definitely just the togetherness and I um, mean you know, I think I was with Tim before the game as well just that entire day was just perfect and the fact that we won the game in you know, the ceremony after the game people on the pitch so that's that's definitely Did one. Did you cry your eyes out T? No I've never never cried ever cried? I think I've got something no not over football I've got something wrong with me <laughs> I think I don't know I think the the Lucas Moura goal was I was close but I just felt like it wasn't happening it felt surreal it's like being on edibles. <laughs> <laughs> you're like a, you're like a man who, who cannot reach climax. <laughs> Pretty much. Maybe when you win a trophy, I'll go there. But um, when Spurs won trophies in the nineties, I probably wasn't. I mean, obviously, I was old enough, but I wasn't fully sentient of the value of winning the trophies. But um, I guess if I had to pick one, it'd be the final game at White Hart Lane, the old stadium. Uh, Tim, did you say how you could find the podcast? What, what do you search for? What is it? Um... I think it's only on Acast at the moment, isn't it, Dan? Yeah. It's only on Acast, yeah. but we'll, we'll get there once we've worked out how to do this pod in lock. Follow, um, follow us on Twitter. We'll, uh, we'll, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll tweet out the last episode what's, and then the new episode when it's up. What's your uh, your Twitter handle? Uh, Dan Lowe, L-O-U-W, or one word. Okay. Uh, what you need to do, just, just quickly, is when you're in the back end of Twitter, uh, of Acast, there's a button that you can press that gets you onto Spotify and other things. I'll, I'll give you a hand. I'll get, I'll, I'll help you out. I uh, see. I, but I've tried, I've, I've tried that. That gets, that gets me onto Spotify, but then you have to do this verification thing. And, um, and it keeps sending this bogus, uh, email address to Spotify, which means it won't verify. It's really annoying. And I've contacted Spotify and Acast about it. Right. Well, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll help you out after. All right. Fine. Oh, Thanks. Man. <laughs> uh, so Tim, maybe you want to t- tackle this one. Uh, Leroy, uh, underscore thfc on twitter he says a lot to unpack on the trippier interview i'm not sure if you've seen this tim no nah, not seen it what, what did he say good uh a lot of stuff but but thoughts on uh his, his comments about dembele he seems adamant that we have won the the champions league with uh with dembele in the side i think we sold him maybe six months before yeah, yeah. there seems to be there seems to be some sort of like mysticism around dembele doesn't there Every time you see like a player being interviewed, they always say that Dembele is the best ever player that they ever played with, uh, and no doubt he was class, you know. But no, we wouldn't have won the Champions League. That we wouldn't have won that final with him in the team. I don't think there's any circumstance where we would have won that final. I think no. I think Spurs fans are kind of looking for reasons why we didn't perform on the night. The reasons why we didn't perform on the night is because, as a football club, like what what makes us 
isn't yeah. performing at the very top level, is it? Yeah. It's, it's disappointment. Yeah, and it's getting beaten by a fundamentally better team that normally plays, like Klopp has always played better against Pochettino. They were, they were so what if they didn't have any chances that game? You know, they, they got lucky with a the penalty. They're still the better team. You know, we didn't have any chances either. Um, the idea that, you know, if you just play more instead of Kane or if Dembele's still there, we win the Champions League. Yeah. I mean, how did we even make the Champions League final? We were out like two or three times. <laughs> yeah. It's a joke it? that we even got there. T, when when um when Dembele was sold, it wasn't none of us were shocked, were we? we? He'd reached the end of his his road as a top level footballer. We'd got we we'd drawn every ounce of talent or every ounce of influence that that he could possibly deliver. He was injury prone. He had an incredible two or three seasons with Tottenham, but he was because of his injury record, it was never going to be anything more than than what it was with Dembele. Everybody appreciates what a great player he was. Throwing him in when he was shot to bits in the Champions League final wouldn't have made a difference. No, no, it wouldn't. Um, I mean, the last game I think he had was against Wolves and he got subbed in the first five minutes after getting a really bad injury. But, you know, as you guys have said already, even if Lucas Moura had started the final, even if Dembele, you know, shot to bust Dembele starts that final... It wouldn't have made a difference. I think Liverpool managed the game brilliantly. They got 97 points that season and they'll probably get the century this season. So they're one of the best teams of modern times and we just wouldn't have had enough to beat them. Fair enough. Um, Dan, Sheffield United are on Thursday night, 6pm kickoff. Um, obviously a weird situation with football returning, but uh, they've returned and not played well at all. I think they've I think they've lost every game since since yeah. returning. And that was a Sheffield United side that was incredible given their you know the value of their squad and the inexperience of Chris Wilder if you if you want to throw very vague broad brushes at, at him. Um what what do you make of that tie and um do you think we can get a result? Well, I think it feels like a sort of referendum really on uh, on Mourinho. Like if Mourinho, if we get three points, then and I'm not talking about a draw, I'm talking about three points, um, then Mourinho can stay maybe for a little bit longer. But if he can't, then what is he? What are you here for? Do you know what I mean? Like you, I mean, you have to be able to beat this team that can't do any of the things that it was doing at the beginning of the season. They defended really well, you know, they were really well organised and and they were good. They were good going forward as well. Um, but they don't. We all, we often see this with promoted teams that they they look kind of amazing at the beginning of the season and they sort of fall away quite badly and can't seem to buy a win. Uh, yeah. But but this is not a very good Sheffield United team. And you know where if Tottenham are now kind of getting towards this sort of Mourinho style efficiency and if we can defend, yeah, we should win. We're only going to finish seventh now. I mean, we're not going to finish any higher than that. But you know, at this stage, I'd be just about happy with that given yeah, all the things that have happened this season. Well, I mean, uh, Dan, you might be forgetting that we've, uh, you know, we got four points from the, the first two games that we've brought back. Mourinho, and I've said it many, many times before, with Son and Kane in the side, has always delivered. And that perhaps you're being a little bit, you know, what's the word? You, 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 you Perhaps catastrophizing the situation. I'm not catastrophizing the situation. I'm I'm broadly sort of happy with the way this 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 season has been a lot like the season where we got rid of Ramos and brought in uh, Redknapp. Red, yeah. You know, it's 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 not. We, we were looking. We were staring down the barrel of a possible relegation fight uh, earlier in the season, and Mourinho's kind of steadied the ship and then kind of unsteadied it again. But he's been really, really unlucky with injuries. And um, he's been unlucky with sort of personal performances. But, you know, you watch the West Ham game, didn't play that well, but it does it, it does look like the basics of a team are there. And we should be able to win win out against not very strong opposition for the rest of the season. Tim, do you, do you find that the, the kind of very relaxed, say, or, or, or actually, was it relaxed is the wrong word, but very um, perhaps regressive and, and tight football that we're playing, you know, it's very defensive, it's very pragmatic it's not the way that we're we're used to seeing football played at Tottenham even you know there's been moments of really poor football at Spurs and poor managers and poor players but we've always seemed to have a go at a game do you have any issue with the way Mourinho's approaching our matches yeah I do 
I, I do slightly. I mean, um, you know, you can get all nostalgic about the days that we used to win four three one week and lose three two the next week. But there was there was something there, and you kind of go to games expecting to be entertained. But yeah, it's just dull, isn't it? There's been games that we just haven't sort of turned up or given it a game, and but um, and Sheffield United might be one of those games. I would say though, the kind of the fact that there's no uh, crowd in the in the stadium might actually help us because I think they picked up a lot of their points with the, you know, the cauldron that's Bramall um, Lane. Yeah. We went up there a couple of years ago, didn't we, in the, um, yeah, in the League Cup semi-final. <laughs> and um, I think they were at least one division below us. And that was, yeah, it was quite an experience. That was Ericsson scoring a brace and his, first, his free kick was one of the best things I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, it was snowing heavily as well. That's right, and uh, and yeah, and they they chased us. There's that um, there's that weird little uh, kind of underpass that you walk yeah. out of at Bramble Lane, and all the Sheffield United fans come after you. Then it's proper 1970s uh, in Sheffield in more ways than one. But they um, yeah, they were chasing us back to the station. There was kind of like sporadic fights going out all the way back to the uh, all the way back to the train station. Yeah, it was great fun. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for those that don't know. Uh, Dan and Tim produced um, the Away Days, which was an incredible uh, YouTube video series where you, you went to, to games and, and um, uh, you know, away games and uh, and documented it through your narration, Dan, but the images of Tim, like still still images, which was <laughs> an incredible thing. And, and if, you'd, if you'd had a camera and, and uh, the willingness to do it, I think Sheffield United away in 2015 or whatever it was would have been a perfect material for that episode. I think that we'd stopped by that point. We have lasted the night. Yeah. yeah. But I think I, I think also, like, you know, everyone now looks at someone taking photos or recording themselves talking in the stand and so on and so forth. And, you know, everyone hates the vloggers and whatnot. Yeah. It's but, before that, though. It was before that. But I think if I get the camera out again now, like, everyone's... <laughs> Like there's, there's, there's such hatred nowadays that I think I get. You wouldn't get away with it. I wouldn't get away with it. Uh, team, yeah. uh, Sheffield United manager Chris Wilder has, uh, on head coach Jose Mourinho said, without a shadow of a doubt, he's one of the greatest managers of the modern era. He's won trophies wherever he's been. Um, it, are you bored of managers and players talking about what a, an incredible career Mourinho has had? It, it kind of feels a little bit like it could be Teddy Sheridan playing at West Ham. You know, he was great back in the day, but West Ham fans ain't going to remember Teddy Sheridan as a, as, as a legend. So so what you're saying is that um, this version of Jose Mourinho is Muhammad Ali with the early onset of Parkinson's. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, if he was still fighting. <laughs> so he's kind of slurred his words a little bit in press conferences. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and that's a dangerous. Yeah, and, and, and it's like, I, I don't know, uh, you know, Lennox Lewis talking about Mike Tyson. his kids. Yeah, exactly. But um, it does it does seem like um, when, when I talk about how great Mourinho is, it just seems like so long ago. You know, um, the job before this was at Man United, and he won two trophies in the season. I think Europa League and the League Cup, and it ended badly from there. Before that was at Chelsea, went tits up there. Then the thing with the physio. So. I guess his legacy is a bit sullied. He's had three in the last two, three jobs. It's not last two jobs, I should say. It's not done. It's not left him in a good state. So there is a concern when he manages Spurs. When they say he's this great manager, I think, well, you've got Klopp and Guardiola who are the top boys now. Mourinho doesn't feel like he belongs in their company to a degree. Uh, Dan, uh, Black Curses from Reddit, he says, if we don't get any kind of European football, is finishing above Woolwich a must? Firstly, before you answer that question, like how important is European football in whatever form, and how important is it that we we finish above Arsenal? How do you? Well, I think those? I think it depends on whether there's ever going to be people in football stadiums again, because that you know that matters to me as to whether we get European football or not, because it's like is it places that I want to go to, uh, weird little parts of Eastern Europe that I haven't been to yet. That's that's always a key part of my year. Yeah, I want European football next year, but I want the Europa League. I've had Champions League the last few years or so. You know, we've we, we've we've stayed in five star hotels. I want to go back to like the. I want to go to Premier Travel Inn again now. Yeah. I want to. I, I want something a bit dirty, a bit grim. I want somewhere where the sort of you know the police force is, is a bit third world. Um, 
and uh, and it takes three hours to get there. When, like, when, when I... you look back at your your European jaunts, and I, I did a lot between 2006 and 2010, and the best ones weren't Champions League. The very best ones were yeah. were, were, were were the smaller tyres. The one that pops into my head was Slavia Prague. What what what, yeah. what were your what were your best? What, what what did you enjoy most? What 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 tire did sort of springs to your mind? Well, the, I think my my favourite. You know, no offence to. Uh, well, that Amsterdam away last season is, you know, the best. Yeah. That's the best night of my life. But that that I was mean, about the match. What the team did. What 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 about your experiences? It was it was. But then there was also lots kind of around it as well. That I just I just kind of like, felt I'm never going to forget this day. And then and, and the next morning as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't walk straight for a week. <laughs> that's a terrible thing to say. I, that's awful. I, when you say I'm, they, uh, how many? How, I mean, six, seven, or um, my, girl, my girlfriend's literally about twenty good. feet away from me good, as well. Good. So this is great, great. Well, let, let's keep this in. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really, I really sort of, uh, I did enjoy that. But my first ever trip away uh, uh, to Europe with Tottenham. Um, was the Cup Winners' Cup in 91, 92. And we went to Feyenoord. And uh, I remember just thinking, like, this is, you know, I want to do this for the rest of my life. So there's all European trips are, are, are good. I mean, I think the only ones I haven't really liked have been the Milan games. Yeah. Well, yeah, I didn't like Milan in the Champions League when we when we actually won there because it's just like, what a filthy shit stadium. Uh, and 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 Milan as a city isn't uh, it's rubbish. Well, over, well overrated. Well overrated. Well overrated. But, but yeah, back, back to that game against Feyenoord in the uh, uh, early nineties. So that was that when Reggie Blinker was playing for him. Yeah, yes, he was, and Johnny Metgod as well for That's Feyenoord. Right. We, yeah. we sold him, and he went to Feyenoord, <laughs> and then he beat us, and we lost one nil. We, me and my dad went on the coach. We drove from like we we got the coach outside White Hart Lane at like three in the morning, and then we drove all the way across sort of northern Europe. And uh, and we got put in the stadium at about like four forty-five, about three hours before the game started. And my dad, who always liked a beer, but um, but you know you could you could always tell when he was drinking a bit differently. He went to the um, he went to the bar where they were serving alcohol, and he got like seven points, and then tried <laughs> to carry them all to his seat. And I was like, Dad, wh- what's going on? Why are you getting seven points for? That's a bit strong even for you. <laughs> and then the final fans started turning up in the stadium and they were literally throwing rockets at us. And I was like, oh, that's why you got seven points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, sense. Tim how's, how important is it that we finish above Arsenal, do you think, this season? Is it important at all? Uh, yeah, it's always important finishing above them, isn't it? But it's not a must in terms of where we're going and all the rest of it, but... Um, when you look at this, I think it's more to do, it's not even about bragging rights anymore, but you, when you look at the state that they're in, if we don't finish above them, that just think, you just think, oh, we, we even worse state than they are. Uh, Agreed. Tim, they're bad. They are bad. They are. They, it's, um, it's, I mean, it's great to see. It's great to see. I, I am yeah, still cool. a little bit conscious of, of Arteta's ability as a manager and, um, I have bought into him being the understudy of Pep Guardiola, not for any reason, like logical reason or tangible reason. It's just that I just don't want them to be any any good, and I'm looking for any positives that they have. And yeah, have... they'll sack him off if they finish eleventh. Yeah, probably, yeah, probably. Yeah, I hope so. Um, <laughs> T. Uh, Jack Kirby, he says, which Premier League manager would you want to be a stepdad? You know what? That came from an absolutely amazing thread that he quote tweeted. Yeah. Um, so this is what they said about Chris Wilder. Um, so Sheffield United, Chris Wilder, the cons, he packs a fridge out with honking food like crab sticks, <laughs> spam, and half-eaten tins of beans. <laughs> the pros, consistently good birthday and Christmas presents, gets a cheap driver lessons too because his best mate from down the pub is an instructor. <laughs> so, um, so check out that thread. I think I quote tweeted it earlier on. Oh, it's, um... I saw that. I saw that. And I, I'm, I am a stepdad, and I was trying to um, put myself into a certain category. And I, went, <laughs> I went for the guy at Bournemouth, Eddie. What's his face? Eddie Howe. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm also a stepdad, and I see myself as, as kind of a, a Graham Soonis of, uh, <laughs> of the stepdad world. Very, very, uh, very. You know, not a lot of understanding of what they're going through, and very sort of adamant about what my point should be. Um, I think Eddie Howe as well. I haven't read him. Um, Eddie Howe, the pros, wouldn't have the bollocks to shout at you and has decent chat, but is fair as sharing the telly. The cons, passive aggressive, and asks your mum to do stuff for him, 
likely to try too hard, insists on everyone sitting together to eat. That's me. That's me. That's me. <laughs> 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 I'm a stepdad as well, so there's a bit of a, bit of a gang here. Um, which, which manager would I pick? Uh, probably Steve Bruce. It seems quite funny. Oh, have, so- you seen, have you seen that clip of him? Um, so Kevin De Bruyne is doing an interview, and Steve Bruce walks past and says, you know what, he's going to join Newcastle. We're going to kidnap him, keep him here. He's going to join Newcastle. And I- Kevin De Bruyne doesn't have a clue what's going on because he's probably got a thick Geordie accent and he's just like what's happening I, I had an issue with that I, I thought that was proper small time I thought it was just funny yeah I mean like like Steve Bruce having a laugh aren't they but like Newcastle are like a pit of a football club like Kevin De Bruyne's transfer fee could buy the entire first 11 of Newcastle and he, he's just gone out there and like oh let me make a joke because this geezer is so much above our level that I'll make a little quip fuck that I'd, I would have gone up and just give him a nuggy or something like that. that, that, that have, you, have you seen Have you seen Steve Bruce's series of detective novels? Strike. Well, I've heard about it. But seen it. Yeah, they're, I mean they're very hard to get hold of. They go for a lot of money on eBay. He he uh, he wrote those uh, coming towards the end of his Man United career, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's um, the missus keeps trying to get me because uh, I love football and I love terrible crime novels. She keeps trying to get me to sort of bid on on copies of them that turn up on eBay, and uh, they are they are they are changing hands for a lot of, for life changing sums of money. So uh, we've got another another uh, piece of gossip from uh, the Athletic. So Spurs are yet to offer Eric Dyer a new contract. Defender's priority is to remain at Spurs, and he's developing a good relationship with Jose Mourinho. Tim, what did you what do you make of of, of the fact that Eric Dyer has first started uh, both the games back? from the, the the break but also performed very well yeah i agree I, I, when you look at when we left off like just before the break and he was running into the crowds trying to attack the fans to where, where he is now the first couple of games he's been he's been probably the player of um those two games um i did tweet though he was having a good game against man united about five seconds before he gave the penalty away <laughs> yeah and, and then the second penalty as well yeah <laughs> but he, he, he's looking really good yeah, he is, and 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 it's surprising, isn't it? And 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 I think it's further testament to to, to the fact that perhaps Spurs fans and, and you know you know on this podcast or any other podcast we're very opinionated. We feel like we know what we're talking about, and the idea of Eric Dyer starting at centre back for the first two games back three months ago was beyond me. I would never have imagined it. And certainly uh, above Alderweireld, who had just signed a new contract, it didn't seem plausible. But perhaps, just perhaps, Jose Mourinho, you know, he's won twenty-two titles. Maybe, maybe knows a little bit more than I do. Well, he's, he was willing to pay fifty million, wasn't he, when he was at Man United for him? So I wouldn't pay fifty million for him. I mean, what? I mean, I mean, I wouldn't even offer him a new contract if I'm being honest. But. <laughs> but <laughs> But he, he, he's been very good. All right, we're gonna, we, we, we kind of, uh, this is uh, running on a little bit and we've still got a lot to talk about. We've been 40 minutes in, so we're going to go to the questions. Uh, Ollie X Coy says, uh, there's a new team in the Premier League called Premford Rechecks where every club chooses the, their worst player and they form a, a side to battle for, soci- for survival. Sorry. Uh, who would you choose and why? And it, why is it Serge Aurier? So you've got to choose... Uh, a, a a team of uh, rejects to survive in the Premier League from from all of Spurs' players. Which which player would you choose? What, what do you think of Serge Aurier? Tim, who's that to? Tim, sorry, <laughs> sorry, I forget that we're doing this over Skype. Um, yeah, yeah, I blow hot and cold just when I think I've really gone off him, and he'll do a couple of assists and things. But um, generally, he's he's an area of the pitch that we need an improvement isn't he I think if you're if you're going to stay up in a Premier League you need someone steady like Ben Davies yeah yeah steady Ben he is he's a he's a good lad he's a good lad Dan what, I, what, I, who would you take I, I think I think Aurea deserves a little bit more respect I mean one of the things that's been, been a bit sort of sad coming out of lockdown is that like Aurea is still doing that dribbling out of the area thing and nearly getting caught and then nearly giving a penalty away it's like he never ever learns from his mistakes but actually you know as a creative outlet the amount of he scored a few goals and he's he's set up loads as well. I think right back's just always been a bit of a problem area the last couple of seasons or so. No one plays well there for more than about 10 games. And then they just go into this mad kind of crisis of confidence. I think the player that I would probably 
the, I mean, the worst player this season, without doubt, is Vertonghen. I yeah. mean, he, he, he's been an absolute disaster this season. But Vertonghen, up until last year, is the best central defender I've ever seen at Spurs. Definitely. You know, he is... He is incredible, but him and him and Danny Rose, I think, you know, have turned in a couple of the worst performances I've ever seen in a Spurs mm. shirt this year. Just completely hapless, getting ripped to pieces. But, but I wouldn't want to put, I wouldn't want to put Vertonghen there because he is just, you know, I I heart him. With 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 Serge Aurier, it's like that that disruptive kid in the classroom, isn't it? He's he's um, you know, he's. He's trying to, to to do his best. He, he has a dream. He wants to be a rapper or he wants to be a an actor. Um, but you know that he's deep down damaged and he's not going. It's nothing's going to work for him. Do you let him chase his dreams, i.e., dribble out of the box or go for goal, or or, or do you just 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 rein him in and make him a uh, a, 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 a stockist at Audi? Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> that's the most complicated. That's what I thought as well. I've, I've read books that are shorter than that. <laughs> it's a bit like, um, well, you know, in the other guys when the Rock and um, Samuel, was it Samuel Jackson and the Rock yeah. jump off the roof? Really, think they're going to survive? That's what I thought. Like watching Sergio every game, really. You know, gets many nights. Fuck, you know what you're doing, but he survives, and it's good fun. It's like um, Timothy Atuba, but crack version. And it's good fun got, to watch him. We've got no one really else. Like we've got no one else. There was, zero, there, was, there was no one else who can play right back at the football club. Well, Tanganga. Tanganga's a better right back than he is, definitely. He's, he's dead now, so... Is he dead? Broken that's back. The, that's the guess for not masturbating, so, you know, pay the price. That's it. Oh, well. Um, yeah, he's definitely better. I mean, actually, I'd prefer, for my reject, I'd like to put Carl Walker-Peters in. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think maybe Danny Rose for me, if we're yeah, going to pick those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, and the final question, 30% on Reddit, he says, uh, Pretty Patel, would you? Tim. <laughs> she is quite pretty, to be fair. She is. <laughs> she is. But um, for her political stance, no. Doesn't that, make, in a way, make her more attractive? Uh, no. I mean, it's more attractive than, say, you know, let's, you know, open more food banks. If she's saying, fucking, let's close down libraries... I'd write there's there's, <laughs> there's one one out of those two people. Let, let's make food banks more readily available, and the other one's going. Let's close li- libraries because I fucking hate people. <laughs> out of the two, if I had to sleep with one of them, I'd sleep with the one that's closing down libraries. I don't know why. I, I can't explain it. <laughs> Team, where closing you at? down libraries was the worst thing that Pretty Patel had done. <laughs> Honestly, the worst thing that she's done in her Mate, the Marcus Garvey Library in Tottenham is a is a bastion of, of, of education in that area. If Pretty Patel came along and went, "Fuck this library, it's shit. I'm sick of it." That's uh, that, I mean, not not in that, her, would be, that would be the single most destructive thing she's done in her political career, <laughs> probably. But it <laughs> no, would it would arouse me in a way. <laughs> so what, you'd read out her voting record to get you to get you hard. <laughs> I just—I'll get her to scream in my face. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about libraries. <laughs> On that note, I'd like to say thank you to Dan and Tim and T. Uh, if you want to find um, the Hey Gorgeous uh, podcast, uh, then you can do it because we're going to retweet the uh, your 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 tweet, Dan. But also, we'll yeah. we'll or, or, or we could. There's another way we could do it. We could get the name right. It's Hey Gorgeous. How does that sound? <laughs> no, that's what the episode's called. It's when called, we were uh, crap. When we were crap. Right. So uh, that uh, that was a confusing conversation that I'd had earlier. I was saying, why is it called Hey Gorgeous when it's always gorgeous? We just we just didn't correct you. We right. thought it'd be a you bit. You should have done. You should have done because uh, oh, it's your fault, mate. Yeah. When we were <laughs> yeah, crap, it's your fault. I know. <laughs> so this is this is pretty Patel again. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's, getting me, it's getting me so hard telling me that I'm wrong. <laughs> when we were crap when we were crap all right uh yeah we'll, we'll, we'll post a link to uh acast in this uh in the tweet for this uh this podcast but dan thank you so much tim thank you so much it's been really Thanks, great mate. talking to you because it's been a while and uh for t I, I spoke to you literally two days ago so this means nothing nothing <laughs> at all take care boys cheers yeah all right
Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.